Start recording. Start streaming. Okay, and title card. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG. I'm your host, Brendan Carrion. And today I'm joined by huge cast, Full Metal RPG motherfuckers. Welcome, Richie Buzzkill, what up? What up, everybody? We're, we're, you can see our nerd faces if you're in the right it's place. It's Richie Buzzkill. <laughs> this, is, this, is, uh, this is what we look like. It's Full Metal RPG, Sleezing 2, coming at you. <laughs> now with faces. Is this value added? We will see. Who knows? Uh, we also got, we got Ashley, what up? How you doing? How you been? I'm fantastic. I'm in space now, as you can look Ashley's in here. space. Queen yes. of space. Richard's. Yep. Richard's mm-hmm. in uh, uh, like a little room, yeah. and uh, I am in Transylvania. I'm coming to you mm-hmm. live from Transylvania. This is exactly what Transylvania looks like. It's very historically accurate. <laughs> oh, what up? How you doing, Playa? It's good to see you again, man. How's it going? Which one? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> hi. Yeah, we cut, you cut out. <laughs> oh, oh, great. Daryl, hi. Yeah. Perfect. Great. So we're off to the races on this Perfect. is what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like everything's going great. <laughs> Love it. And yes. uh, we're joined by Gabe. Fantastic. Gabe with the Youth Code t-shirt, bro. What up? How's it going? I really like this band, by the way. And they're dropping a new single this week, so I'm stoked. Mm. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Love it. <laughs> Love it. So here we are. It's Full Miller RPG Season 2. Uh, we're doing... We're now on the youtube or whatever or on the twitch which is where the kids are at i'm told uh so i hope that you are maybe watching this or if you have any interest in watching this like come try and find the videos on youtube uh maybe look for us on twitch so that you can um you know follow the show live uh we have a lot to do today at the start of season two we are so stacked with stuff to do so i figure we should just jump right into it what, what do you all think let's do it um, let's hey, fucking hey. do it all right great so um you know i want to kind of start off right away with just by thanking the patrons of full metal rpg it has been an interesting time in full metal rpg land we have experienced a growth in the patreon of something akin to 40 percent in the last two weeks which is unprecedented to me. I have no understanding of how or why this has happened. So here we are. Uh, uh, I have a huge list, a huge list of new patrons to read. And I really, as a person, I genuinely kind of hate not having just one person because I want to focus on one person and say thank you. But we literally have like seven. So I'm not going to skimp. You're going to get your time. Here we go. We're going to start. Uh, thank you to Patrick Gilmartin. Thank you to Dwayne. Appreciate you, man. Thank you to Scott Andrew. Uh, Wolf Mungus, the, the homie Wolf Mungus, coming in hot. He, uh, he updated his pledge. Uh, we have Alex Gen Bash. Thank you for your support. We have Petri Leonin. Thank you. We have TJ Wilson. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We have... DM 
real X dad. Fuck yeah, what up? I'm sure that that X is a straight edge X. Welcome. And we have Sarah Swafford, brand new patrons. So thank you all so much for your patronage. Thank you for making the show possible. It is because of the support of our patrons that we're able to make this transition into video. And while maybe it's going a little bit like this today, I suspect that in a couple months we're going to have this thing looking real smooth and nice. So thank you all for uh, just making this possible, for making the show possible. We love and we appreciate all of our patrons. Now, um, most of these patrons are actually on our Discord channel. So Richard here, congrats to Richard for really keeping the Discord alive since 2018 when uh, we established it. And or was that 2019? I don't know. It was 2018. It was 20 fucking 18. It was a, a while a ago. A thousand years ago. In in the long, mm-hmm. long ago, in the dark ages, we started a Discord. <laughs> and lo, yeah. it, lo, it did get uh, little play, and I sat and waited <laughs> like in my monk-like cave for people to show up. <laughs> and then I, I like responded to, to them. <laughs> I like to refer to it as the before times. Yeah, that's right. In, in the before long, long ago. Yeah, back when <laughs> We used to go to things like concerts and bars. Our, our, our B, RBK has been keeping the keeping the lamp lit at the Discord for a couple of years now. And I have only been popping in and being kind of like, and using it for recording and using it for my Esoteric Enterprises game. But I haven't been super involved. And uh, uh, Richard would say to me, like, you should stop by the fucking Discord, bro. It's full of cool people. You would enjoy yourself. And I've always been like, like, like all vampiric. I've been like, no. Like I, <laughs> I require the shadows or something, and um, and uh, but recently I started thinking to myself, you know what I really miss is I really miss those kind of super genuine interactions that we used to have on the Full Mail RPG Instagram. The Full Mail RPG Instagram used to just be such a fun place to like meet people and interact and have conversations about role playing games. And then Facebook bought Instagram. It became hard to connect with people. It became very tiresome and wearisome to be on there. So I went on the Discord, and Richard was right. RBK was totally fucking right. The, our Discord community is bomb. Uh, these people who have pledged support plus others make our Discord community a really great place to be and to hang out and to talk about role-playing games. And then also just like a lot of other stuff, because we added in a whole bunch of other channels. So... um I highly recommend that if you're a listener to the show and you want to interact with us, the hosts, or if you want to just interact with like the other people who listen to the show, um, who are, I have to say, of a pretty consistent like mind, um, Discord is a great place, a great place to do it. So uh, please, please consider coming by and checking us out there. You can find just like uh, uh, an invite, uh, an open invite on our Facebook page. And for whatever reason you can't get at that, then find some way to get at me uh, and I will send here, you. Here's a URL, tinyurl.com slash fullmetaldiscord. So I'll put in the ha, show, who, show notes along with other links to find us look at that. in places. That's some <laughs> fucking technology Organizations. Shit. That's, some, <laughs> that's some like big brain move right there. So Oh, shit. Memeing already. All right, great. So thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you to our Discord community because I've been having such a fucking good time hanging out with 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 you all and uh thank you to all of our listeners we love our listeners if you listen to one episode if you listen to all the episodes 
If you tell your friends about the episodes, we love you and we thank you uh, for everything you do for Full Mill RPG. So enough of me blathering. What do you think? We should talk about some role-playing games and shit, right? Hell yeah. Right? That's what, Technically, that's what this is about. So uh, let's do a little bit of the black hole, shall we? The black, the black hole. hole is the ever-sucking void that takes away <laughs> all of our time, resources, and attention. It is role-playing, the greatest of hobbies. I've been talking too long. Ashley, what's going on? Hi. Um, well, I am in the same campaigns I have been in. Uh, I My Pathfinder 2 campaign is still trying to kill us at every corner. I actually, so one of the things they have different in Pathfinder 2 that I think we talked about last time, and also speaking of Discord, someone tagged me asking about one of the mechanics of Pathfinder 2, and I read it right before I was going to bed. And then when I woke up, because it is so popping in there, it was gone. And I don't know who it was or what the specific question was. So I think someone else might have answered oh, it. But shit, I am so son. sorry. I didn't mean to ignore you. Yeah, it was I, that. I, was I just can't remember what, what channel that was in. Anyway, yeah. if you're listening, come on and ask hit again. Ashley up. Yeah. Yes, ask me again. So I'm sorry about that. But um, one of the things that they have that's different from... Pathfinder 1, you can just go negative hit points, and once you reach, like, negative 15 is when you die your true death or whatever. In Pathfinder 2, they have conditions of dying 1, dying 2, dying 3, and then at dying 4 is when you really die unless you take a certain feat that lets you not. Um, it lets you go to dying 5 instead. Anyway, my character got to dying 3 this past session, and so did our barbarian. So it it's still goes... It's The, the fight does not go well, Enterprise. It is still going really rough but um it's awesome though because most campaigns it's like you feel safe like it's never one of those things where you're worried about your character dying but this one literally every session someone goes to at least dying one it's oh wow intense like it's very the difficulty level on this is just really high and it's it's awesome though because it's exciting like i literally yeah. could i could die at any time so yeah i really like that like yeah. it's every it's session cool. mm-hmm yeah, so it's it adds that element of like well shit, <laughs> which is fun, um, and it's multiple members of the party pretty much every session. So anyway, it's a lot of fun. Highly recommend Pathfinder too if you're thinking that like the other campaigns you're in or the other sessions are going really easily, and you're like, I wish that I was worried about dying. Go to Pathfinder too; it'll do it for you. Uh, I um, wish this was crunchier, yeah. and I wish I was dying more. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Pathfinder cool. too. <laughs> <laughs> All of those buttons for you. So, yeah. And then uh, Pathfinder 1 is still going. Uh, that's the Emerald Spire one, which is a lot of fun. Oh, I'm joining on... Uh, I think I can say this. I don't know. But um, Alan from Gallant Night Games, he announced that he's going to be doing a Tiny Cthulhu um, on his channel. And I'll be playing in that as well. So Hell I'll be yeah. in... Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, what, when you say his channel, what does that mean? He is starting a Gallant Night Games channel. And it's going to have some actual play stuff, some other content, things like that. So uh, one of the things he's going to be doing is hosting a... He's not going to actually be GMing. There's a different GM for it. But that'll be coming out soon. And I feel like I can say that because he talked about it on his Facebook page. If not, Richard, edit this out. <laughs> seems legit. So, uh, yeah. Seems legit. Okay. No I'll such thing as bad publicity. Don't right. even swipe. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Mamre Alpha is still going. We just finished a... Um, Daryl, what was the name of that VR game that this was based off of? The Mammy oh, Alpha? Oh, uh, uh, Phasmophobia. 
Phasmophobia. We did like a, it was supposed to be a one shot and it ended up being a three episode arc of us basically playing Phasmophobia, um, which was fun. I'd never heard of that game. And so I was like, oh, this is cool. And I was Ooh. talking to Daryl about it and he's so like, oh, good. that sounds exactly like this. And I was like, that's where she got it from. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so we did like, game. yeah, we did some ghost hunter shit. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, and then next weekend we're going to get back to actual Mammary Alpha stuff. And we started releasing episodes again, which is very exciting. So, Wow. Yeah. Sounds like you've had a lot going on. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Gabe, my friend, you haven't had a chance to talk much. Lay it on me. What you yeah. Got? So um, my Star Wars game, not that I'm DMing, but the one that I'm a part of where I play Rax the Trandoshan Bounty Hunter is back with its like chapter two. We took like a month or so off, um, but we're back and I'm still falling in love with Genesis system. Like it's one of my favorite systems to to be playing and i think it like i had mentioned before it really fits the whole star wars vibe and whatnot with just how it natively runs so that's what we've been doing but i'm um, also uh i had mentioned this like in our private conversations and stuff but um my lady and i have been really itching to roll dice but like just one-on-one -on -one. so i've really been looking into systems that support one-on-one -on -one play and i found two so one of them is uh, Scarlet Heroes, which is written by Kevin Crawford, the same guy that wrote Stars Without Number, if anybody is a fan of that, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, so it's his take on um, one DM, one player, as well as just normal table like amount. And you can also run it in solo play, too, using the Oracle system that Ironsworn uses as well. Um, so that's really cool because it is natively an OSR game, and he's got a good resume of writing OSR stuff. And everything that you've played in first edition, second edition, even like white box type stuff is compatible with Scarlet Heroes. So since I have a copy of Temple of Elemental Evil and because of the current pandemic situation, my lady and I are probably going to start a one player, one DM um, game of Scarlet Heroes. And without going too much into detail, the system is modified to basically power up that lone player and make it so that it's a level playing field for one player going up against the actual temple but still pretty cool the other game too is called uh stories from the grave and uh if anybody has met my lady i know brendan has she's very much a comic book and um pop culture kind of junkie so she really really likes old sci-fi and like old horror and stuff and stories from the grave essentially emulates um tales from the crypt comics so i saw that and was immediately like well That's cool i'm buying this for yeah, so uh, I'll go ahead and drop the link in the Twitch uh, once I'm done talking. But, how does that uh, work? Is that, is that, like, how does that work? So, like, so I've only flipped through it a little bit because I've mainly been reading the Scarlet Heroes PDF. Um, so I can't give too much detail. But from what I've read, it is, um, I described it to a friend as um, a less depressing 10 Candles. So if you've ever played 10 <laughs> Candles... Everybody knows that when that game is over, everybody like <laughs> you need to decompress. It's really upsetting. Um, stories from the, yeah, stories from the grave mm -hmm. is essentially that, but it's fun. Um, one of the notes inside of the rule book specifically specifically says, "Well, what about that logic?" question mark And it the the author's answer is like, "We throw logic out in this game. If it makes for a better horror story, go for it." And I'm like, oh, that that like hit me right there because I'm like, that's what Tales from the Crypt was like. You know, how is this guy like running around with one arm and an axe and stuff and still able to swing and chase like the teenagers at the camp? Who cares? <laughs> like, you know, it's good. Um, but the dice system essentially determines um, certain um, 
like outcomes. So I think it's similar to 10 Candles. Again, don't hold it against me. I've only flipped through it. But uh, it was essentially a blind buy. I saw the cover. I saw that it was a like story-heavy role-playing system. And I was like, well, I'm buying this for her because she loves Monster of the Week. And if you've ever played Monster of the Week, it's all about story and dice is kind of an afterthought. So um, I bought that for her and uh, she's going to be reading that. Uh, and then one last tiny bit, she's been reading Masks because uh, she wants to run a superhero game uh, nice. with our online group. So I'll be checking that out and I'll report back on how that is. Um, but I'm nonetheless really excited because she's very good at running PBTA stuff. So... Yes, very yeah, busy for me. That's a lot of exciting stuff. I am very curious about the uh, Tales from the Crypt game, and I'm, yeah. I'm I'm super stoked for your Masks game. I'll be interested in hearing about that. This is kind of like the way for like months now. I've been like like squeezing RBK for like details about his Trail of Cthulhu game. I'm gonna be like on <laughs> yeah. you about. We're like, tell me everything about masks, bro. Because uh, <laughs> I really, I it's it's some. I'm fascinated by masks, but it, I I don't imagine a, t- a possible future in which I have time to play it anytime soon. So um, yeah, and we spoke briefly yesterday too, mm-hmm. and like the the downfall of PBTA games is it's very very specific and like niche. But like if that's your thing, who? Like that's it. Like, oh, uh, is it like Spirit of '76? I think is like yeah. specifically like '70s black exploitation films. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm about that, but like, you got to find a very specific group that's down to play like that specific type of genre. So, sure. especially yeah. doesn't yeah. go yeah, a, little, a little, a little uh, get into maybe some of the you know stereotypes that are not <laughs> you know trying yeah. to figure out that right balance I, for that game is. A <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I think yeah. PBTA so just generally is moving away from that like hyper specificity. I see. I, I feel like the newer games are trying to be a bit more broad, and I feel like the games that are coming out now that are so specific are almost these forged in the dark games, you know, because those games have to be really specific because of the way the mechanic works. But I think that we're right, going to see gonna... more PBTA that's like a little bit more broad. Mm. I'm going to drop the stories from the grave in the find a game channel in our Discord. Ah, So there you go. Ah, There you go. You're interested in that. Cool. I'll I'll drop uh, Scarlet Heroes too. Sweet. Cool. Cool. Great. Um, uh, Daryl, man, what up? What up? What are you up to? Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Um, So big shift in life has left me with some extra time to start looking at books and stuff. I I hit Bookman's the other day looking for some more of my... uh, Chronicles of Darkness stuff to collect and realize that I still haven't played everything that I've got. So I'm trying to decide what the next game I'm going to write is, whether it's going to be, uh, I'm looking at Geist or um, potentially a Vampire the Requiem. I've never run a vampire game and it'll be quite a challenge and a diff- big shift from my usual style. Uh, but I think I'm excited to do it. And then uh, I was talking with Ashley the other day, we were talking about writing a one sheet RPG together. Uh, with a really interesting awesome. concept. It's going to be called uh, Don't Tell Richard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to... We're working on the, the mechanics uh, at the moment, but uh, yeah, that's, that we were just kind of spitballing the other day. Uh, yeah. like, speaking of the specific yeah. games. Yeah. Right, right. In, in that's, my, uh, it's in the veins in of like, uh, everybody is John. In, in my, in my everybody is John is so good. You really got to tell Richard because, <laughs> because Richard is the the 
axis around which the entire podcast turns. And if you don't tell Richard, bad things happen. That's just what I've learned. Yeah, absolutely. No, 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 no. Uh, this is a more generic Richard. Um, yeah, it was just a name that we pulled out. So, yes. yeah. It could, it could be called uh, Don't Tell Dicky. How about that? There you go. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll chop there's the title little, around. A uh, little, little bit of onomatopoeia there, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. They'd love yeah. to tell you the rules, but they can't tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't. Everyone they can't else. So, Richard, like, you. <laughs> Earmuffs. And then earmuffs. We'll yeah. Hey, there you go. Earmuffs. <laughs> cool. So, so, uh, well, is, so yeah. Is, is, is that what you've been up to there, Daryl? Yeah. Well, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm starting to get back, uh, get my energy back to get my creative mojo flowing. And I anticipate a break in the, uh, the whole COVID storm that will let us all congregate again. I, I, I want to join online RPGs, but I struggle a lot because I sit on a computer all day long and then to like yeah. get back on the computer for an RPG is a really big slog for me. Yeah. So I think I'm going to spend the next uh, couple months just writing and trying to get my mojo back in and create some stories. My uh, Gabe got uh, the new Strahd coffin box set for Christmas and so I've been looking at that yes. and I've never actually played through yes. Strahd. I've just like talked about it endlessly with Richie so <laughs> I'd love to so uh, actually get a chance to get into that at some point. Nice. But, Gabe, uh, not your co-host Gabe. Not the co-host Gabe. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, not Gabe. that Gabe. My son yeah. Gabe. Different Gabe. You're like, like I, I did? <laughs> <son>. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I assume so because I was like, hmm. Did I get like blackout the other day? No. <laughs> but I was gonna say, please, please let me know what you think of that, um, because like I, I don't. I'm pretty sure it's like very obvious by now, at least, since we've all been buddies for a while. Still like a very big Five E fanboy, and Strahd is my, in my opinion, one of the best modules they've ever written. Period. Um, specifically, like Five E Curse of Strahd. So, yeah, let me know what you think of that because oh, I was boy. very excited on some of the changes the that they've take. made. That's a very it hot is a take. hot tick. I, I will die on this hill. <laughs> it's my hill I have chosen. Yes. My roommate's running a Strahd campaign, actually, so I got to play as an NPC, one of the brides once, and so that was fun. But um, they're loving it, so Strahd seems yeah, pretty legit. Rad. I just wish they didn't put in a damn coffin. No, it's a yeah, cool box. Say, it's a kick-ass super, box. That's super weak. No, I just am like, I see that in the stores. And I'm just like, that's the most gimmickiest shit I've like ever seen. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, especially no, because like you will not limited, get my money for that. Yeah, especially because the limited edition covers are getting better and better and better. That when they announced like, oh, they're re-releasing Stroud with a special edition, like you know, uh, packaging. I was like, mm, here we go. We got the black cover, and we can get some purple stuff. No, it's a coffin. Damn it. Yeah, it's a copy, but, but it's, it's a really complete box, though. It's got the Taraka yeah, deck. True. It's got a uh, map. It's it's a it's a pretty killer set, like overall. What they need to do, and this was my favorite of the Bernie sitting memes that happened this week, is they had the cover of Strahd and it had Bernie sitting in the throne on the cover. Of <laughs> Please, that Please was amazing. That. I will send you that. Richard, how about you, Bo? What you got going on, man? Well, Lay it on me, stream team. Uh, what you got? So. We were trying to get, uh, you know, the after uh, holidays, there was some rough patches with Eternal Lies. We weren't get, we did get to play last night, which was, which was a lot of fun. Um, I've switched, I've actually retired a character. So I retired my detective who was basically on the edge of going insane and had multi, multiple amputations that made her not, uh, made her very much a uh, monster bait at, in that game. So I, I created, uh, uh, father uh, Donald Conrad, uh, who's an ex-Irish uh, 
freedom fighter who joined the Catholic Church to uh, <laughs> to to uh, escape uh, Ireland and uh, has been kind of uh, joined the Order of Malta, which is the kind of mo- monster hunting uh, order in uh, in Eternal Lies. So um, he's he's now cool. embedded with the characters, and we've made it to a uh, what I think is one of the second to last big locations so uh it's it's been solid it's been fun uh it's really interesting we'll see see where this goes because it's you know when you get to a new place you kind of have to figure out well how does this place work because every every one of these places in eternal lines works differently kind of like locations like the specific graphical locations. yeah the geographical locations have kind of different thematic elements that make them like uh you know la is kind of a noir city so it's very much fit very well with my detective but like you know if you when you go to savannah it's 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 a little bit like a asylum kind of like horror kind of thing going on so uh uh it's it's a really cool uh game and i'm really excited to keep going with that we're we're I think we're going to finish this spring. I'm hoping. So if, if we keep uh, getting to play every Saturday, I think we're going to finish Eternal Lies. So, which is super. That was exciting. my next question: Is like, do you know about like what percentage of the way through the book you are at this point? Uh, I don't know what the percentage of were through the book, but I know I'm fairly certain that there's only really two major th- major places left. So like, what whatever that would be like. 80% of the way through the book or whatever. Interesting. Cool. Uh, cool. That's great. And then uh, I did get to play uh, Something is Wrong here, which is uh, shout out to Nolan. He ran this in a space when we were going to play Eternalize, but couldn't quite make it. Uh, this is kind of a David Lynch, uh, uh, Twin Peaks inspired kind of uh a little bit absurdism, a little absur- absurd. So like, it doesn't have to make a lot of sense. It just have to have, this has to have a mood kind of thing. Like they kind of I'm- specifically say to not try and co- connect the scenes to too much. Like just have a scene that's about, that has this feeling to it. And there's this like multimedia facet to it that ma- makes it playing on the, uh, the computer actually quite good because otherwise i think you as a somebody at the table you would need a kind of a vj or whatever because there's like music cues like they even music cue like uh nine inch nails like ghost two and like uh like a a couple other like copyrighted songs and like uh and and um they have this like Almost, it looks like those old screensavers where it just used to be color that kind of like did this, like just kind of wavy and just kind of like black and white or pink or whatever. And you're supposed to like look at it a little bit. And then you have these things called mirror scenes where you're like talking to yourself in the mirror and, and kind of reflecting on your character. It's very like that kind of like drama, <laughs> drama edge kind of stuff, you know. So that, that's kind of cool. So- it sounds it sounds like it's in this genre of kind of like surrealistic RPG that we've seen yeah. sort of kind of mm-hmm. gestating. I mean, there's a few of them. They, I don't know if they've really penetrated the market super well, but they're out there. I am intrigued by these experiences always. Um, I, I, I don't know yeah, how I was am. your experience with that. 
I'm loving this artwork, by the way. Yeah, and, and then that that was it was it was a great experience. It was it had a feeling to it, it you know, that it was not quite you know, ten candles is my high like high watermark for like having an emotion in a game, like an effect being affected by a game. But like this was like, you know, a click or two down, but it had like this definite like feeling after you're done kind of thing that's that was super cool and that was uh that w- that was a really really interesting evening and then i got to play uh dracula's dossier but we played it with a different uh different uh system so we played a, a forged in the dark a system called uh buried secrets which is kind of a spy spy system we played that i haven't heard of this one um, have you, you've heard of Dracula's dossier? Well, I've heard of Dracula's Dracula's dossier, but I haven't heard of, uh, this forge in the dark system. Who does this? Where does it come from? Uh, I'm going to be real bad here. And I did not, uh, I did not clock who no, that was. I mean, that's cool. Who, who, who it what's was. it, what's it called though? Bur- Say what it's called buried, again. Buried secrets. Interesting. Well, that's something to look into in the future. Cause I it's certainly blades heard in the dark. It. Yeah. I was wondering if it was related to Blades in the Dark. It is. It's yeah. a, well, I mean, it all forged, forged in the Dark stuff. Everything that's forged that's in the like Dark. That's like the Powered by the Apocalypse sub-brand kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. We like... I'm not going to spoil too much because I know Daryl's going to play soon. So, uh, so uh, but a friend, of, a friend of mine just like out of the blue was like, hey, you want to play this? And I'm like... Can I say yes any faster? <laughs> so I had a great mood, had a cool, a cool mystery. We, you know, I chose to volunteer to be a certain thing in the game. So that was fun too. Um, I was like having uh, different agendas and stuff happening. So that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and it was good helping because, uh, she was. She wants to make it a con game when cons are a thing again. So she's trying to tighten it up to be just the right amount of time and work really well. And I was like, "Wow, that's that's more work than I ever put in." So uh, really, you know, shout out to Lizzie Jane Took uh, out there. Uh, and uh, yeah, that, that's what I've been up to, other than setting up Great. this very robotic-looking picture, which is <laughs> have Great. fun. No, that's cool. Uh, let's see. So, you know, I've, I bought a bunch of role-playing games and I've played in some stuff, but I'm not gonna, uh, kind of talk about those things today. I, I do have some interesting kind of like artifacts that kind of came my way. Uh, the first one I'm going to share with you right here is, uh, I, I got my, my original framed, uh, Leaf Jones. It's my, my original Leaf Jones is finally framed. It's the uh, it's this awesome kind of La Sombra evoking artwork from uh, Montreal by Night. This is the original one. I bought it from the Illustrator, one of my favorite books from one of my favorite games, and this is one of my favorite illustrations in that book. And he sold it on eBay, and so the one that you see in the book is now in my house. <laughs> it's in my very that's, house. That's that's fucking cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. isn't it cool as shit? And uh, my girlfriend uh, uh, did me a solid and took it to some some posh framing place, 
got it framed in this neato frame and it just came in yesterday. So uh, I'm very, I'm very effusive about this. I'm going to be putting all my vampire books into of all the different varieties into one bookcase. And I'm going to hang this over it for, for super dramatic effect. This is definitely one of those achievement unlocked kind of moments um, in, in my role playing life because uh not only, I mean, I love Leaf Jones. I love, I love that art. It's just Jesus. It's so fucking great. Um, uh, and then, uh, go hold, ahead, hold on, right, so, real second. Uh, no, I think my audio is now streaming. I don't think my audio was streaming before. Hey, because uh, I was getting, uh, <laughs> I was getting shouted at by No Time for Dudes. Uh, <laughs> I could hear everybody's audio, but RBKs, and I think I because I was dual tracking it, it wasn't. Sh- so who knows what the audio or video will look like? Hey, will it, will it, this yeah. is the oh, first great. show. <laughs> Did you say it's a it's a dice roll as to whether or not it's going to be there? So yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Learning is fun. Learning is All fundamental. Right. Anyway, <laughs> so um, another cool thing that happened to me this week was I got a letter in the mail. And uh, this was kind of a peculiar letter because it didn't come to my house. It came to uh, Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona. So somebody who listens to the show sent me some correspondence to Game Depot. And at first I was kind of like, "Ah, what could that possibly be? But then when I got down there, I found this great uh, this great note written to me. And the only um, return address said, uh, 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 manuscribers of mercury right and i opened it up and on the inside it came with this little note about about witch money and it tells you about how witches use this particular type of money and you don't know quite like about it it was super cool it's just like a cool little uh illustration and a cool fun thing to read and then it had these two little coins and these two little coins were in there and i was like this is very bizarre i thought to myself uh is somebody like trying to launch a business where they're like you can buy these coins and use them in your game or something do they want a shout out on the show but if they wanted a shout out on the show they could have emailed me it would like much easier right so i being like confounded by this turn of events i uh looked up manuscribers of mercury on um on Facebook, because if you type it into Google, you don't get anything. But I'm like, well, you know, Facebook is like the mini internet. I'll go into the mini internet and see what's in there. And Manuscribers of Mercury is actually a little club in, that, like, or like originates in Portland, Oregon, whose uh, stated mission is to support the post office and simultaneously, like, uh, give praise to Mercury slash Hermes by sending messages and there's like this little kind of like occult rune right here on the on the envelope and while the um return address uh was to portland oregon a p.o box in portland oregon the the uh location stamp was from somewhere in maine so we have a listener in maine who uh was giving giving praise to uh hermes with witch money and they chose to include me in this fun game. And I, I got to say, I'm quite tickled. So to whoever sent me witch money um, in this kind of geomantic ritual that you are building across America, thank you. That was super fun. That made my day to be involved in this because this was this was just a real treat. 
Uh, so that's that's kind of what I've been up to. And if you're interested in that, if you're interested in participating in that, the Manuscribers of Mercury um, group, you can just request membership. It's just on Facebook. Just type in Manuscribers of Mercury and you can find it. And you yourself could participate in this cool thing. Um, so that's what that's I've been up to. a really cool thing that happened to you. I'm yeah. Kind of yeah. Jealous it happened Isn't to it? you. Yeah. Yeah. I ha- that I is also the most Portland thing I've ever heard. From Portland, and I, it's awesome. Uh, I, I, I think I, I would like to see now in a Scion game or some other game where their gods are real, having like just going to the Temple of Hermes and like it's just this giant floor of people writing letters and sending them mm-hmm. and like. There, it's in a post office. I, I could, I can already see like the adventure unfolding in this like, uh, kind of temple of Hermes. So that's yeah, really I, rad. I, I mean, awesome. I really have to say, like, as real life experiences go, like being included in this was a real privilege. So I don't know who our listener. You would have to be a dedicated listener of the show to uh, put those two things together and to presume that somehow. Game Depot would be able to get me this missive, and and they did. They called me. They're like, "You have ma- you have mail here. <laughs> you are receiving mail at the store." And I was like, "Oh, very well. I shall come by forthwith and retrieve it." Um, <laughs> but yeah, this uh, it was it was kind of a weird week at Full Metal RPG when we got this, and uh, this made my day. This absolutely made my day. So thank you, thank you, Mystery Occultist. This was this was wonderful. Um, <clears throat> so what do you guys all think? You guys want to have like a little chat about uh? About role-playing games and shit? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, Wait, we're going to talk about role-playing games on this RPG podcast? <laughs> oh, man, you didn't tell me that. No, I'm out. I, I was listening to this fucking podcast the other day. It was like technically like a miniatures podcast, and they spent the first 45 minutes talking about movies. And I was like, dudes, like, I get it. Like, movies are cool, and they're fun to talk about, but I want to hear about miniatures games. Anyway, any hoosies, um, it was brought to my attention that... Uh, in the history of Full Metal RPG, in 108 episodes, we've never done a, like, getting to know the hosts episode. Like, we just skipped it at the beginning. We just dove right into the deep end. And uh, since then, there's been a lot of changes in the cast. I think, at this point, I'm the only founding member that still sits uh, at the table. And um, now that we're just launching into Sleezing 2, there's never been a better moment to... <laughs> Richard's like, I'm not putting that on a t-shirt. I'm, I, I, I'm totally putting Please that don't. on a t-shirt, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, um, just for you, man. Just for you. You get sleezing two uh, t-shirt. Ruining I, RPGs since 2015. I've been like, uh, you know, I've been working on sketches for like, you know, ran, ah. random ass uh, weird cyborg with full metal RPG on the front of a Vulcan cannon. Or my other, <laughs> my other uh, one is like, Kind of a takeoff on the season one. I'm gonna go the other way. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> so it's a cyberpunk yeah. version of the two, the tome, right? So he's got this, the oh, smart cool. gun and yeah, with I the and that. it's the gnarled uh, undead yeah. hand. That's uh, mm-hmm. like for that. Yeah. But so, it's made of. It should be made of like a Terminator claw. Like yeah. A Terminator claw. Could be a Terminator. Yeah. Like some dead flesh on it or something. You know, make bring yeah. call, have a call back to the uh, to the to the lich that's grabbing the t- tome on the first shirt. You know, because I'm callbacks nothing. Callbacks on callbacks, son. Yo, dog. I heard you like callbacks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, great, great. No, that's 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 good. So, uh, uh, we 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 should do one, right? We should. We've had this new. We're turning over this new leaf. We should do a new episode 
in which we all kind of justify our existences real quick. And what better way to do that than in a little game? A little mini game like Saw. Like, you want to play a game? No, more like role playing. Um, so, uh, so, uh, <laughs> usually when you listen to a lot of podcasts, right, it's like, um, everybody goes, Oh, how'd you get into gaming? And then everybody tells like this version of the same story. And I, while I'm sure that we are some discrepancies here and we have some unique stories, nobody just wants to hear like, Oh, well, my brother went to summer camp and he came home with this box and then I borrowed it from him and I didn't, I didn't give it back six times. Nobody wants to hear that. So instead, I have, a D6, an illegible cyberpunk red D6, <laughs> and I will choose at random a host. Fuck yeah. And then have a different D6 table of questions. All right? <laughs> this is going to so, be our new interview you method. Tell, if you can't go. tell from my face, I'm very surprised by this, and we had no idea this is how this was going to go. So. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I'm just... The, the illegible D6... With custom symbols is just the most cyberpunk red thing I could think of right now. <laughs> I, I, I made this up minutes before the show began, so I'm as surprised as anyone. Yeah. Right, so about it. I have like notes ready to go, but oh, yeah. throw, throw them away, throw burn them. The <laughs> you, did, you, did, you did prep for a RPG. Shame on you! Shame on you, sir! Right, here, we go. here we go. All right, so the first number is one, and that's me. I'm just gonna re-roll because no one was here for me. Number five, that is Ashley. And we're and the first question for you, Ashley, is also number five. What is your worst gaming experience ever? Tell us about your worst gaming experience. What happened? <laughs> you gotta see the face. You gotta find the if we post the video for this, you gotta see the face. Like, ooh. <laughs> uh, I need to think about that one for a second. Um, it's like the SATs. You mm-hmm. know instinctively. Just mm-hmm. roll with the story. Okay. Well, there I have I have two that are probably pick, pretty pick up there. Pick one. Pick one. Just pick one. Well, one I've told before, so I'll go okay, with the other one. Okay. Let's go with the new one. Um, I was running um, Tiny Frontiers in the Gallant Night Games Room at one of the conventions here, like last year, a couple years ago, and there was this. It was great. I mean, I met a lot of awesome people for the most part. I know even bad stories I can't help but be like, but it was so much fun. So um, there was one table of people that wanted to play. They were all great except for two people. There were these two people. There was a couple that they came to play together. And they wanted to just derail everything. And I was a very new GM. Uh, This was my first time running anything was at this convention. So my first time running any games, I decided to do con games because why not? And uh, it was, I just felt really bad for the other players at the table because I was trying to like put it back without railroading it. I was trying to get it back on track and these people, everything, they would just stop and be like, well, I want to do this. And I'm like, it was wrapping up. Everything was good. I had finally gotten it to the end and they went, well, we want to have dinner with them. And it's the only time that I broke the rule of improv. And I just said, no. I was like, you can't, no. So, because normally it's just, yeah, and you go with it. Like, you just let the players kind of create this narrative. But these two, and everyone else was, like, side-eyeing them. And it was just very, very uncomfortable, and I hated it. And so, I mean, 
I've been fortunate that I haven't had horrible, horrible experiences, I guess, but that's probably... Well, this This was Stars Without Number? Is that what you're playing? Tiny Frontiers. Tiny Frontiers, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, why do you think that these two people were being so obtuse in this way? What, what I, do you think they got out of that? So there are certain types of people that I think are just kind of odd for the sake of being odd which I've had a lot of friends like that I I was a drama kid growing up and a lot of them gravitate toward that so um (laughs) I've known a lot of these people but uh these two in particular it was almost like they did not read that everyone else was not having fun that they were taking it away from that um they just wanted to have all of the attention on them and it was like I was running a game for them too for these two people and everyone else just were NPCs almost because this was, they were the most important ones at that table. That's so, not nice. No, it sucked. It sucked That's a lot. That's not nice and at all. Yeah. Being a, a brand new GM, it sucked. Does the panel have questions for Ashley? No, I'm just like, I am, I have so much respect for you now because I would have lost my <laughs> shit. <laughs> like just straight up. I have no patience for that. My background like, is in corporate training, and so oh, I okay. am. So I've I've had to deal with people like that in large groups before. Yeah. I so, I definitely mm-hmm. understand the type of person you're talking about, um, because in like one of my hobbies outside, I interact with a lot of people, and like it's like you said, like it tends to be people that just don't take like social cues that well and think mm-hmm. that they're they're being funny and they mean well, but in it just that that uh, transitional like knowledge and stuff just doesn't really hit with them and yeah. it's 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 more like oh that's unfortunate than anything but at the same time it could also just be two people that are trying to troll so yeah but, yeah I, and i know the difference between the two so yeah. these were not them yeah shout out I, to I you for these are like, trolls, man. having the patience thank I, you yeah i think i think that these are trolls i i there there used to be a thing called iron gm at gen con and then there got to be like a bunch of legal shit about who owns Iron GM and who owns Iron Chef and all this other shit. And, you know, this is why we can't have nice things. There's no more Iron GM at Gen Con, I don't think. And uh, I've heard podcasts of guys who are just like, oh, no, what we do is we all go to Iron GM together and then we all uh, play at the same table and then we torpedo whatever game it is that, that somebody's trying to Iron GM. Like, we're just going to try and fuck them. And Man. it's just like, that's fun. That's no. fun for you to Damn. make sure that just randomly sure torture a GM. Yeah, they're all like, we all play halfling bards. We all just <laughs> we sit down and we go, we're all playing halfling bards. There's nothing you can do about it. That's this game. That's this game. Now, as we all play halfling bards, and it's like, okay, all right, well, congratulations. That person won't be Iron GM this year, so you know, I guess you, I guess you did it. You, you, you mm-hmm. know, you win. You won role playing. <laughs> um, yeah. So the sad thing is, is like a lot of those people like tend to go there because they don't expect resistance, and then when they come across someone that's just like, "No, get out," then they're like, "Well, what the hell, man?" And they get all like sensitive and upset. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have have you guys have have any of you when you uh, are role playing like in a con scenario and you're like running, have you ever felt that like that weird sheen of like? sweat break out like that little that flush of like oh fuck god god yeah damn it. Is it, yeah the story i just told for sure i was just like what the fuck <laughs> like stop yeah. it stop it yeah i just like if like, i could have just cued them and like snapped and made them go away i would have done that in a heartbeat just get yeah. the fuck off my table yeah like uh, i would have just told them <laughs> 
I, I just, I, I'm just always like, uh, like looking at my, uh, at my clock when I'm jamming. I'm just always like, all right, well, what time is it that I can like pull the plug on this thing? And like, they can't be upset about the money they spent on their tickets. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's Brendan yeah. at Gen Con every year. Anyway, so, um, but then I, I should I, have I, let them go to dinner with the aliens. Like I should have let them go to dinner and then been like, and they eat you. Everyone else gets away. <laughs> you're you're going to uh the dinner and you accidentally walk into an airlock and then you're spaced and then your characters are dead Yeet. and then i don't yes. have to deal with you anymore i have Bye. one very tiny quip to add on to that exact thing if i if i can <laughs> one more quip allowed one more so that I, I was in a similar situation to you i had a player that basically like i had laid out like a number of bottles and stuff right and one had skulls and crossbones and was green and glowy and they were like hey, 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 i'm gonna drink it and it killed him and i was i did not allow him to make a new character like oh, that's, that's so what you're fun. gonna play that's what's gonna happen i'm defying reality dm do you dare kill me Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, and I did. I'm not joking. He got really upset and was like, "Can I please make a new character?" And I said, "No." And I didn't feel bad because it was a friend of a friend. So he just <laughs> he just went home. I was like, There's "It's not door. my problem." <laughs> There's the door, Hombre. Yeah. Fuck you. Anyway, all right. So here we go. Next, next up is well, it's a six. I got to reroll the six. It's also a six. Got to reroll the six. <laughs> it's a, a good three. die. <laughs> three is Richard. Richard, your magical question is going to be, oh, it's one of these incomprehensible numbers. What the fuck? What number is this? Cyberpunk so red. That must be a one. Yeah, that go, means, go with one. <laughs> Richard, tell us about your very first gaming experience. What was the very first one? Okay, so it was... Let's see here. We're going to we're I'm going to date myself. It was like 1995 and I I have to tell the prelude cuz this is kind of how I I got into gaming altogether as I was uh uh he can't hear me, which means that the thing that I did did not fix it. Still not on, bro? Yeah, Still apparently not. Still not on not. the show? Uh, Richard, you're not on Full RPG right now? Apparently not. We can all hear you. Yeah, I know, but they can't. Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make it quick because I can't fix it without shutting down the stream. So uh, basically, I was reading Star Wars novels. Uh, I, I was reading Star Wars novels on the bus, and somebody like tapped me on the shoulder. My friend, uh, well, my soon-to-be best friend, Matt, Tap me on the shoulders like, hey, man, do you want to come play Star Wars? So I played uh, Star Wars West End Games, second edition Star Wars for my first game. It was rad. I think I was the trope and I made a Jedi. But, you know, it was it was a little OSRE because I could do shit. So like, but it was a lot of fun. And then eventually I think he lost his legs and I replaced it with replaced them with re- repulsors or some shit. Like it was it was some really <laughs> uh, whacked out shit. Anyway, uh, that, that was my thing first. to do. It was a very neat thing so. to do. Yeah, I've yeah. always been this way. It's it's uh, <laughs> when, when I first saw someone draw gears on a computer, I knew that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. So draw uh, gears on computers. Yeah. Yes. Draw, dr- use computer aided <laughs> drafting. Replace dr- repulsor legs. Yeah. Replace legs with legs with <laughs> repulsors. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's the goal okay. someday. All right. Next question is going to be for Ashley. Once again, we're back to Ashley. <laughs> 
Okay. And then we're going to go with. Oh, question three is, what is your favorite game of all time? Not what is your favorite game now or what is your most played game? Mm-hmm. What is your favorite all time game? Like system, I'm assuming, or campaign. Uh, that I'm 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 thinking I'm thinking system. I'm thinking okay. like 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 you know a precious tome of storytelling mm-hmm. fun that you clasp mm-hmm. to your chest. I hmm. I'm going to go with honestly. I as much as I am a narrative storyteller and I really like oh actually I will go with um of is it children's and monsters of children's it's the one that we played Monster Monday a long time ago at Daryl's oh, house so uh, I'm like yeah it's my favorite I don't even remember the name but this game like just the feeling of this why game. am I drawing a blank you help me out yeah. it's, uh, nice you were playing Prometheus no not Prometheus it was uh um uh. I thought you were playing Prometheans. I should be doing this. No, she didn't join the Promethean game. We were oh. playing um, then that one. Kids on Bikes. The horror game. No, it not Kids, Kids on, on Bikes. bikes. Was, you have a monster. Think, you have yeah. you are oh, a child. You uh, have a pet monster. Yeah. Everybody has a monster. Remember. I can't remember. <laughs> I think it's yeah. of, of Monsters, monsters and, and Other Childhood Things. There yes, you go. Monsters and Other Childhood Things. There we go. Things. Yes. My very favorite. Can't remember the name. But uh, just I remember the the feeling playing this game was just so good. And I loved the the book was just so much fun. Um, it was just, it's a really fun game and it was really cool. It was unlike anything else I had played. Um, just the whole, uh, one roll engine, I think is what it's based on, but you have all D tens and you have to roll to hit different like categories and things. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's very fun. And I remember the feeling of playing the game is the one that comes up the most like warm and fuzzies. So I really liked that one a lot. Um, the artwork for this game is very Tim Burton, and I kind of oh yeah, I kind of yes. I kind of fuck yes. with it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Have to pick uh, this yeah. up. The it's, the original book awesome. is awesome, and the mm-hmm. uh, the expansion book Candlewick Manor is also really really mm-hmm. cool. So yeah, I remember there were some weird things with the rules. Um, yeah, like, that we, we were trying to figure, to figure out. out. Yeah, so. but uh, it was awesome. It was so much fun, and I really love that. Um, so yeah, I, I'll so. go with that. Well, yeah. that's a really solid recommendation, hey. and I'm sure that the cult would be very happy to to look into that. I'm, I know mm-hmm. I've heard of monsters and other childish things. I don't know if this is from me uh, having Daryl on the show a couple of years ago, or if this is from me listening to Podcast The Reckoning, but I've definitely heard of it. And now, the cult has two. All right, great. Now, this time, I'm going to randomize between um, Daryl and uh, Gabe. D3, D3, bitches. No, no, I'm not leaving myself out. I'm leaving uh, myself just out. Flipping. I'm leaving myself uh, out. Just do, yeah, this is D2. D2. So, uh, 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 Daryl, you're going to be odds, and Gabe, you're going to be evens. Daryl, oh, it's odds. I am pretty it's odd. odds. <laughs> yeah. I did that for you, bro. I did that for you. I thought you'd pick up on it. I thought you'd pick up on it. I did that for you, bro. All right, here we go. One to six. Okay, so we're back to one. Your first gaming experience. What is your first gaming experience, Daryl? My first. First gaming experience. I love telling this story. Oh my god! Oh, great. Good, so my good. first gaming experience. Picture this: the year is uh, nineteen eighty-nine. Uh, I was uh, like five or six years old. I'm a kid, 
And my sister, my older sister, had gotten into D&D. My parents got her into D&D. For her 16th birthday, my mom bought the red box and put it on the table and, and GM'd for all of her friends. So my sister and her friends got big into D&D. She's got posters on the wall. She has the coolest room on the planet. And here I am, the little brother. All I want to do is play some fucking games. And after months and months of begging and tagging along, uh, my parents are finally like, Don, you have to allow your little brothers to play. You just have to let them do it just once. Doesn't have to be a regular thing, but just let them play once. We did it for you. And so I got all excited. Um, she helped me make a character. I was a, a, a wizard named Vitrin. Uh, and I was I was really That's excited. The artwork in the book was cool. Um, I love filling out the character. I love rolling. You know, just rolling dice was a lot of fun. And I, I think I like crapped out on stats, too, because we were just randomly rolling the stats as you did. And uh, so I got really excited. Uh, game day is coming up and uh, we all sit in her bedroom and it's like the only time I'd ever been allowed to like hang out in her room. <laughs> and so um, her friend Shauna was GMing. Uh, I don't remember Shauna's last name, which is good because I, I'm going to call her out big time. Uh, Shauna was really cool. Um, and I think Charity and Michelle were there. Uh, so we sit down to play me and my brother with these uh, fantastic teenagers and Within the first five minutes, I was I encountered some kind of like a demigod who banished me, and I'll never forget this phrase, to the realm of infinite wandering, there to wander for all eternity. And then Shauna grabbed my character sheet, ripped it up, and said, get the fuck out. <laughs> that was my first gaming experience. There was six years old. Damn. <laughs> I was like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck this gaming stuff. This isn't for me. Yeah. I will never be into this. This is this is not cool. I don't like this, and I'm never going to do it. Yeah. Well. And it was many, many years before I picked up another book because I went. Uh, it was, gosh, probably like ten years later when I I hit uh, Powell's Books down in Portland, Oregon, and uh, picked up uh, what I didn't know was like a collector's edition monster manual for second edition. Uh, I paid a lot of money for it. And, uh, man, uh, just the artwork in the book got me going and my friends and I started playing a little bit and the rest is history. So yeah, first experience is also my like worst gaming story, but <laughs> as you and do, your, sister, your sister still plays, right? I, your sister still runs. Oh like yeah. Don, Don, Don is still, uh, running strong. She's, uh, obviously, uh, she's, she got me into the world of darkness stuff, um, back in the day and she's still to my, to the best of my knowledge, I think. She loves uh, running Changeling the most. At least those are the games that I have played in most with her. I love her style. She's still an awesome GM. Uh, so if you ever get a chance to see her at a convention, uh, definitely look for Dawn. Uh, probably yeah. under the Wrecking Crew banner, maybe. I don't know what we're doing right now, but yeah. Shout out to Dawn, Lynn. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, to the, the realm of infinite runs. wandering, you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's burned into my right, brain, I'm man. <laughs> All right. The next, the next question is going to go right to Gabe. We're gonna go right to Gabe. We're just gonna. We're not gonna OSR this. We're gonna go right to Gabe, and then Gabe. How fitting? Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> I'm not, yes, I am ready. Man, this fucking die sucks. It just keeps rolling ones. By the <laughs> way, Moldvay Basic, Redbox, Redbox D and D, Moldvay Basic is very close to me. This is this so. is okay. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. This is this is number two, number two. So Gabe, what is your best ever gaming experience? Your best gaming experience. Be it okay. a session or a campaign, tell us about it. And what, so, and of course, the game it was, my God. Okay, so 
um, my best gaming experience happened about two and a half years ago. So um, my friend Evan, who also listens, so hello, Evan, um, is like the DM that I look up to a lot. Like him and I are very close. Our friendship was built on, uh, actually, like we met playing World of Darkness and whatnot. So regardless, it's a very tight friendship. He decided he wanted to start... Yeah, he decided he wanted to start a, and it sounds way more elitist than it actually was, but like an expert group of 5e. So basically nerds like me that are like pushing 16 years of role playing and whatnot, and monsters would be just brutal. It was using 5e, uh, traps and stuff, like barely any clues. He was going to be basically really balls to the wall on it because that's what we all wanted. So we were playing and he was running a uh, campaign that was basically like we had to go and get this magic staff to kind of stop uh, the the realms within uh, D&D and whatnot from like merging over and just causing absolute chaos. It was epic as shit. So anyway, one of them was inside of a volcano. So we decided to go into a volcano and it turns out that's where a vampire in a lair was. So we're doing this, and the combat alone against the vampire, because he would also kind of homebrew some extra actions and whatnot for this vampire, was brutal. Like, it was, it was horribly difficult. And me, uh, who kind of was a group favorite in terms of, like, how my character art had been going and whatnot, ended up taking this vampire down, because this volcano was going to erupt, by basically jumping off of this bridge into the lava and then casting Thorn Whip as my action and then pulling this vampire down into the lava as we like fell into this volcano while it was about to explode (laughs) while the party was using their actions to get out with like five health on the line this combat lasted from like 7 p.m until 3 30 in the morning i didn't get home (laughs) four o'clock it was like a 13 14 hour session but like it was such an epic conclusion to such a long, long combat session that, like, it still gets brought up. Like, hey, you remember the time Gabe like thorn whipped like Dracula into an active volcano? <laughs> it's like, yeah, man. But it was it was just such a good memory because, like, we weren't thinking about time. We weren't thinking about you know like how late we were going. We were just at our friend Brian's house, just battling dracula inside a volcano inside of his lair to get this like powerful staff and it's like that is the most D thing i can think of like yeah fighting a vampire in a volcano to get a magical staff while it's erupting <laughs> like <laughs> like that, that right awesome. there is the, tabletop rpg so yeah. awesome. the, the stamina to pull those like half day sessions i mean the fact that yeah. you're doing that in your 20s like i think i was kind of tapping out of those epic sessions by the time I was in my I guess I was in my late 20s and I was still at that point I was yeah. like six to eight hour sessions and I was like getting ready to punch myself in the face you know now I can barely yeah, it, three hour sessions it's for me it's it has to be a very specific group for me to dedicate that much time like I see that like um, like the perfect time for me is about six hours and that's what we do every Friday with Star Wars oh but for God. some reason like Jesus Christ <laughs> But for some reason, for um, that specific, like, we just refer to it as, like, the like the expert type of group. Um, that group just meshed so well. Our personalities were so on point that, like, no joke. I know it sounds cheesy and corny, but, like, we didn't want to stop. Like, 
you know, like the DM was like, guys, I am going to pass out and my kids are going to wake up. He had, he, had, he had little ones. He's like, my kids are going to be up in like three hours Jesus and I'm going to be Christ. dying. So please leave. Wow. <laughs> Get the hell <laughs> GTFO. <laughs> GTFO. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's my best memory. And Awesome. Awesome. Like it, yeah. All right. Well, I'll answer one now. I'll answer one for the cult. Let's see. Uh, uh, we'll do Brendan. Brendan, I'm going to roll. Let's see. Six. Okay. The ultimate RPG collection. Less books or more books. Meaning, do is, is the ultimate collection a few books that you just wear to rags? Or is the ultimate collection an epic RPG library that you can peruse and look at little things as your fancy carries you? So, of course... so. I'm a, I, I personally am a bit kind of in between on this. I'm of two minds on this, like I am on most things, in that I am a magpie, and that requires me to buy tons of shit and to chase little flights of fancy pretty much perpetually. So I have hundreds and hundreds of role-playing books, and I feel like I have too many because I can't... I will never play mo- most of these games. I See how I stuck on the word? I didn't want to say it most of these games I won't play. They're just they're just paperweights made of paper, interestingly. So um, I kind of want to get rid of a lot of them, but I also can't. Uh, I really genuinely feel like on some level, like, my life would probably be better if I got rid of a lot of this so I could just stop looking at them and I could really drill down and focus on just a few games and... Um, in 2020, I kind of decided that I was going to do that. That I was I wasn't going to just flit from like system to system to system. I was just going to drill down and like focus on a couple games. But that just proves really difficult. I, I don't know. For me personally, I don't know about you guys. I don't know about the rest of the the, the panel. But um, like uh, I mean, just the other day, I went out and bought like four role playing games. Just on Caprice, <laughs> I was just like, I just bought like four fucking role playing games, and I want to run them all, but I don't. The, the, the sad fact is that I probably won't run any of them. I probably will just all sit in a giant pile and I'll just keep running esoteric enterprises over and over and over again until the cow, cows come home. So um, that is my answer to that. That is my answer to that. All right, cool. I'm going to make a little note suggesting that I answered that question. And now I'm going to randomize between uh, the people here who have, not, who have only answered one question. All right, okay, okay. So, uh, no, come on. I need a D4. Why can't I get a D4? Uh, okay, hey, four. So that brings us to Gabe again. Gabe? Uh, no. <laughs> this is the problem with charts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gabe, um, say you were to be trapped upon a desert island, and as part of your um, uh, internment upon this desert island, you had a role-playing group, but you could choose to always be a player or always be a GM. But having made the choice, you would never be allowed to be the other. Which would it be? Okay, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> um, I would say DM. I'd rather DM. Uh, when people ask me about, like, um, like, because, like, do you identify as a player or a DM? I, I always, like, lean back on DMing. I, I think it's like the the enjoyment of like knowing what's around that corner, or like dropping the big like you know plot bombs and stuff. Like um, 
you know, I, I, I just find more excitement out of that in different ways. Um, it's almost like a director in a movie. Like you're sitting there and you're like, Oh, here comes the part where like, you know, they're going to bust out the lightsaber and like do a big battle. And you know, me like, that's what makes me excited. Like, although I do really enjoy playing, um, DMing is just like, it's, it's on a, like a next level for me. So awesome. Awesome. Okay then. All right. I'm going to do a D three now. And that brings us to Richard. Richard, you are next on this D6 list. All next right. time when we do something like this, I'm going to make a much uh, longer list. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah we could get some uh, uh, some of our viewers to write in with questions too. Oh yeah, for sure. I have. There's a thing in the Discord. If you uh, if you're a if you're a patron and you're on the Discord, you can just ask us questions and we'll just talk about them online so uh, or on the show so we'll yep. just we'll just we'll just hit you guys up yeah so that's that is a benefit of being a member of the patreon um all right so uh so okay okay uh daryl you know uh what is your mm-hmm. favorite game of all time richard, richard sorry oh richard uh oh this is this is a tough one what because- is your favorite game of all time richard and you and it's and it's keep in mind this is a game slash system this is not an experience yeah yeah, yeah, this is a rule no no i I got you um i'm going to have to go with power uh apocalypse world uh is probably if i'm going to pick one that i if if i was to save you know like one of the books off of this shelf back here as you can see this this shelf back here i would probably save my signed copy of apocalypse world first edition uh from vincent baker uh i think it's one of the most uh it it, it's just written in this like very much in world thing that gets you very much in the mood of the of the the apocalypse and and i could i could i've run it more times than i think i've run anything yeah, I've probably run it more times than I've run anything, uh, even uh, C- Cyberpunk 2020 would be maybe the close second. So, like, those are my two... If I had to... If I could pick a second one, but, you know, if I'm going to pick one, I'm going to go with Apocalypse World First Edition. <laughs> all right, all right. That's good. That's cool. That's a solid answer. That's a solid answer. All right, now it's between me and uh, uh, Daryl. And uh, this time I'll be odds. This time I'll be odds, and it is to evens. So, so Daryl, uh, you have answered Yay. question number one. You are now going to answer question number six. The ultimate RPG collection: less or more? Dang. Um, me personally, while I love collecting things, and I have quite a good collection going of all of the. Chronicles of Darkness books, which is like the collection I'm, I'm working on. I have to say less. I like a nice compact system that is easy to understand and my roots are narrative gaming, so less is more. I don't want tables and tables. I don't need a GURPS style you know, infinite universes worth of information. Uh, my favorite games are like the Jim Pinto games that are less than 10 pages long. Uh, so less, I'm going to have to say, I like, I like a good solid system. I will customize it and add all the stuff in. I don't need inspiration from, from millions of books. Um, I'm, I'm blessed to be pretty creative 
and I have a lot of really good friends who give me wonderful ideas. So uh, less is more for me. Yeah, I mean, the the joy of role playing is the building thought castles and interacting with your friends anyway. So why do we need all the books? Right. We don't really actually mm-hmm. need them. Mm-hmm. Remember when we were kids and we had these books and we didn't have a lot of money, so we only had a couple, right? And we had to come up with all that shit ourselves. You might even... Mm-hmm. Remember how it used to be, like, the covers of the books didn't necessarily match what was in the book? And you'd have to kind of come up with something. You'd be like, oh, I bought this because there's, like, a cat lady in it, and I need there to be cat ladies because I'm a, I'm an adolescent boy. <laughs> and uh, so now I need to come up with stats for cat ladies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those were the days. Those were the days. Groovy. And then we... And, and then you get some money, and then you, and then you're all about like, you're like, yeah, I gotta own it all. That's me. That's me. I'm, I'm oh yeah, no, the yoke too. That's, no, no. <laughs> with my kids and and five E, man, we are collecting everything for five E for the kids, and they're oh. they're all into it. So well, that's, that's cool. cool. I mean, to be totally honest, that's not that aggressive of a line. So you can you can do it. You know. Yeah. All right. So I haven't I haven't answered two. This will be my second question, and I've already answered question six. Now I'm gonna answer question four. Which is Desert Island, player or GM? Well, that's pretty easy for me. I'm with Gabe on this one. I ended up, like, when I kind of cut my teeth in role-playing world, uh, it was with this high school group. And uh, we had a dude that was, like, the perpetual GM. And I never really considered myself the GM guy. I didn't really think that that's the way it was. But, like, um, he actually uh, graduated a year ahead of us, right? And it was so funny because... um, when he graduated, uh, some of my friends, they all just turned to each other and they, and they were like, well, that's it. We're done with role playing. It's over now. And I was like, and I was like, but what if it wasn't? Uh, what if, what if a hero were to rise amongst us and run a game that was not this one guy who weirdly I actually ran into at IOG yesterday, bizarrely. And I haven't seen this guy in like 25 years and I ran into him yesterday at IOG. So, uh, that's who uh, that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and so I was like, well, I'll start running Vampire the Masquerade. And so my very first game that I ever ran was Vampire the Masquerade. And I have to say, like, at that point, I was like, I, I had all those, like, nervousnesses about, like, oh, no, I'm going to be bad at this. And, oh, what if they, what if the, what if the story is not good and all this kind of crap? And it did take me a couple times of running to realize it's all bullshit. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Just, you know, if it's all behind the screen, you just pretend like it was all written all along. Um, But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And then, uh, because obviously the people who I was playing with at that time had a very kind of like calcified way of looking at the our, our group, I became like the forever GM dude. And uh, I ran pretty much exclusively through college and into kind of post-college. And it really wasn't until post-college that other people even showed any interest in taking that up. Uh, To this very day, I'm fucking 42 now. And uh, to this very day, the groups that sort of coalesce around me tend to kind of look at me as like, oh, well, what are we we playing, Brendan? What are you running? And... um, I think some some of that is just kind of the uh, aura that I let off, and then some of that is kind of like um, I think people just would rather play than run. But I am one of those dudes who would defos rather uh, run than play, pretty much forever. So um, yeah, if I was stuck on a desert island and all I could do was either run games or play games, I'd fucking run games all day, and I'd probably be pretty stoked about it. 
to be totally honest. Um, you know, the right, brilliant thing question. about being a GM on a desert island is that uh, you wouldn't have to worry about the scheduling. You've got a captive audience. <laughs> That's true. <Yeah. laughs> Takes away did the just, biggest pressure. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys? I was going to say ever, from. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say from one DM to another like DM as like people that like, you know, we identify as DMs and stuff. The one thing I've noticed from players when I'm like, yeah, guys, I think I'm going to wrap this up. If anyone else wants to DM, like, you know, after we do like a three, four month long campaign, I'm like, you know, if anyone wants to run something new, uh, people are always like, oh, no, no. Like I, 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 I would just stress out and stuff. And it's like, it's like if you really knew how little prep I put in this week and just pulled it out of my ass, yeah. like you would be. Yeah super down to do it but but i mean like you were saying that's the skill set that you've built over 16 years and certainly on day one when i was doing it i wasn't doing it like that where i was just kind of riffing on things um and there was a time when i was in my uh late 20s early 30s and i was probably putting in fucking like 15 hours of prep a week because i was playing pathfinder one and you have to um so i mean like <laughs> math finder yeah dude seriously like i need to consult this table for le level appropriate treasure now i need to create a level appropriate cr how do i divide up the antagonists in this room and to create a level appropriate encounter oh god brutal anyway anyway not i do not have good memories of that i do have some any question though you still have good memories. Um, the funny thing about that question is I was just talking to um, my roommate is he he's our GM. Like every time we get together and play, he's the one. He GMs both the Pathfinder 1 and 2 campaigns that we play right now, which wow. both meet uh, approximately weekly. So if you can imagine GMing a Pathfinder 1 and 2 campaign, two of them each week, that's what he does. And we were, I no. cannot. <laughs> like, no, that sounds I can't. awful. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking uh, actually like this week about he, he's just like, I prefer GMing like I playing is, is fun or whatever. But if I had the choice, I would always choose GM. And I thought that was so weird because I enjoy I enjoy playing more than I do running. Um, I think that that's kind of the thing where people can never find someone to GM. Like there's a group of people that want to play and they can't find a GM kind of thing. So it seems much more prevalent that there are more players than people who want to gm for them so that's I mean, interesting that this. both of you guys answered it that way and he answered it that way i i, I think it's kind of just the way that your brain gets formed you know as those like electrons yep. or whatever like push yeah. through your brain creating these pathways mm -hmm. and then um it's, it's just a real example because you do this thing year in and year out for your whole fucking life you don't realize that it's your whole fucking life you just kind of mm -hmm. look back at a certain point you realize that you've been like running games for your weirdo friends for longer than you had been alive when you started running games for your weirdo <laughs> friends you know and it's just it's literally etched into your brain these behaviors and so uh those of us who hear you talking about how like oh it's it's harder to find gms than players we're always boggled we're like my god why would you why would you not want to gm and i think that honestly yeah. Honestly, maybe Gabe, you can back this up. It's the kind of thing that once you've got the taste for it, it's like blue cheese. Once you've got the taste for it, you're like, I fucking love it. But like, if you don't have the taste for it, it seems like a bizarro thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it's, um, 
how, how would I describe this? Because I've talked to my my close friend Evan, who also is a DM and identifies as a DM. Um, we've, from what we've guessed, most DMs that really passionately fall in love with DMing became a DM out of necessity. Such as we have a group of six people. One of you, you know, suckers has to be the DM. So then mm-hmm. people like me are like, okay, I'll do it. I'll see if I'm fine at it. And then I discover that it's like a whole brand new game, you know, once you start DMing. So like that, I know that's um, how she got into DMing is because she really wanted to play Monster of the Week and no one was really like interested in running it. So she picked it up and now she loves DMing PBTA stuff. So like that's kind of where I see it coming from. But like, I also agree, like when I've, like we have a friend, his name is Steven. He is amazing at writing and coming up with amazing ideas and stuff. Doesn't like he really wants to DM, but he's he's stuck in the cycle of I think it's going to be terrible. And we're like trying to be like, dude, just don't think about it. Just come up with something cool and then just run it. And you know what? Half of DMing is just winging it. So it's like I, I'm trying to get that kind of mentality that you were talking about, Brennan, where it's like, why wouldn't you want to do that into other people? But for some reason, people see it as like this Mount Everest of skill that's required in reality. It's like, dude, if you can DM drunk, which like I'm pretty sure every DM has done at least once, like you're solid, man. <laughs> like it's it's fine. It's just about it's about the players having fun. So yeah yeah i mean there's a lot that goes into it but, uh, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into. oh it. yeah no for so, sure i'm not trying sure. to like undersell it but right right and you, you pick up all these little soft skills along the way but uh oh for sure i, I, I think you're 100 percent right that a lot of this comes from necessity which is that like i want to role play therefore i must gm and uh and there's yep. nothing wrong with that at all so we're at over an hour at this point and uh what do you think i think you think we, are, are we good on this subject i mean if we're at over an hour that means we've had our asses in the saddle for probably like two and a half <laughs> with all the technical stuff we did on the front end so um uh, i think this is a good spot to wrap it up how do you guys feel good. So, i good liked this good. format i think that this would be fun to do every once in a while because it's no. just it's fun I like it. Good. I would like to answer one question, and I'll be quick, I promise. That was asked, but I wasn't asked the question. Well, hold on. The, wait, wait, wait till we oh, do this again. Wait till you do this again, and oh, then you can answer oh, it again. Okay. <laughs> then you, you know. Damn it. Hold yeah, on. Sorry, hold Gabe. On. You chose Wizard to play, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be. Okay. So no SR, and you rolled, you rolled Barbarian. I'm sorry. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> You know what? Thank you. First of all, thank you to everybody on the panel today for uh, showing up early, staying late, working through all the technical stuff. Thank you to Richard. Uh, I really want to take a second here and just say um, how much Full Metal RPG owes to Richard. Okay, I don't think that Richard gets enough credit for the work that he does because the work that he does doesn't get seen. But literally, I don't know that this show would still exist if it wasn't for Richard's tireless, endless work. He is a real soldier. He's a real trooper. And he is just a fundamental, uh, a fundamental character, a person who brings people together and builds community. So, Richard, thank you for, for everything that you have done uh, ever, since the, ever since you started being associated with the show to get us to this point. I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, th- thanks very much. I, I, you know, I really love this show, so I, 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 I'm, I'm okay being the negotiator, talking people off of ledges all the time. So, you know, uh, it's fine. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> dark. Well, uh, well, yeah, I, I'm sorry if I put you on the spot and made you feel feel weird nah. by gushing over you, but I just want, I, I, I want people to know the esteem that I have because, like, literally, like all of this that we do would not be possible. It just wouldn't be possible without without Richard's work hard work every every day every week um, and then I want of course thank the patrons uh, you know again uh, and especially thank you to all of our new patrons who have come in so hot uh, over the last two weeks um, my last my last note is uh, we're kind of changing our media structure here and like we used to be super active on Instagram and that was the place to interact with us slash me. Uh, I'm not really on there anymore. If you are an Instagrammer, you've probably noticed that there's just a real kind of dearth of Full RPG content on there. I have kind of pulled off of Facebook. I'm still on Facebook because it's like fucking welcome to the 21st century. You kind of have to be a little bit. But like we're, I'm not really curating there as much as I was. The official place to interact with Full Metal RPG is our Discord, which has invites and we can get them to you very easily if you don't have one. Um, please find me there if you want to be on the show if you want to talk about your project if you need a signal boost if you just want to come and enjoy community of like minded people Full Metal RPG is not for everybody it is like a cocktail that is part leftist politics part role playing that's horror part OSR games part secret miniatures that we don't talk about <sighs> swirl it all up part highlander two references <laughs> swirl it all up not everybody's gonna like this cocktail but if you do you will find people who are like you on the discord and you can interact with them so um uh we don't do twitter all right you might find some some dead full metal rpg twitters out there but we don't do twitter and so the only places that you can actually interact with official Full Metal RPG is the Discord primarily, and then we do have the Instagram and the Facebook, so please please come find us on the Discord. Thank you, everybody, for watching our very first stream. Thank you for listening to this latest episode. Have a good night. Wah! <laughs> <laughs> good night, everyone. <laughs>